0: Thank you. me.
1: Good good morning everyone. Uh, We want to thank you for being here. Uh, We want to mark this day as a day of remembrance. Memorial Day is about remembering those who served in uniform and didn't make it home. Uh, We have a special dedication that we want to make to the church Uh, this plaque will be pa- placed outside in our memorial garden. Uh, it is in remembrance of all of those in this church uh, who served in the military and didn't make it home. And the scripture that we chose is John 15, 13. And it says, a greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for one's friends. That's especially meaningful to veterans and military serving in uniform still. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it's, it's our dedication to our brothers and sisters in arms, those that cr- serve currently, those that have served in the past, and those that we've lost. And so we ask that you will help us in remembrance of all of them. Thank you.
2: Let's just pray over our military right now to start the service would you pray with me, Lord Jesus, we come before you this morning and we are thankful that we have men and women that give their lives for this country, Lord. Father, we know that you go with them, but some of them don't come back to their home here, but they go to their home with you instead. So Lord, be with those families today as they're remembering their loved ones, be with our our uh, brothers and sisters in the services, Jesus, that are remembered, remembering their brothers and sisters that, that fell and they didn't get to come home with. Father, we pray that you will protect them. And Lord, we we know that you um, have given them an assignment, so I just pray that you will surround them with your protection, Lord, and and just be with those hearts that hold them so dear and miss them so much today. In Jesus' name, amen. So, this morning I would like to start the service by reading Psalms 23, and I'd love it if you guys would read it with me. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters, He refreshes my soul. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Isn't that comforting? Well, good morning. Let's all stand and we'll begin worship this morning together.
3: All my failures, I tried to hide. It was my tomb till I met you. You called my name. Your glories. I need a shelter I was an orphan But you called me A citizen of heaven
2: tell you, God's good. Let's all say good morning to each other. Can you turn to each other and say good morning? Welcome someone new that may be here today for the first time.
4: Voices in my mind that say I'm not
2: For things that you say over us, Lord, those are the truths. Those are the things that bury deep down into our hearts, Father. Lord, I thank you for each person here today as we continue our, our worship time. And Lord, we just thank you for listening to us, for hearing our hearts. Some of us are coming in here really broken up today. Some people are coming in joyful because they've had a celebration this weekend. Other people are coming in and just feeling a little dull, just feeling like nothing's penetrating. So, Lord, would you take that and start moving in each of those situations over us, Lord? Each of those hearts that are hurting, that don't feel alive, Lord, you bring life every time. Your word is living water. Your spirit is here, and we welcome your Holy Spirit into this place. We want you here, Jesus. We want you here, Holy Spirit. We can't do this without you. We can't learn. We can't change. We can't forgive. We can't do any of those things without your help. So, Lord, would you come in and take us over? Feel welcome to walk these aisles, to sit beneath the people that are hurting and hold them, Lord, we love you. We trust you. We believe what your word says, even though sometimes it's really, really hard to grasp it or really hard to accept it. Lord, you move in us and you help us because you care about every hair on every head in this place. So, Lord, we thank you for that. And we give you this time, Father, to take over and to change us. Jesus name. Amen. Would you please be seated? This morning we have Pastor Jim Christie coming and he's going to be um, giving our sermon today which is wonderful but we have a special time with him now so he's going to um, come up and have some prayer time with us.
5: This morning we're providing an opportunity for some of you who would like to be anointed for healing. And uh, we have two pastors here who, if you'll come, uh, and we'd like to have you just line up uh, to be prayed, anointed on, and prayed for. So if there's some of you here who would like to have healing anointing today, would you please come now?
6: Wonderful music being played. This morning it's time for our tithes and offerings and as the ushers come forward the children that would uh, excuse me that are going to be dismissed for their programs if they want to come up this morning it's over here. Father in heaven we praise you this morning we've been all things come through you at this time it is a privilege to give our tithes and our offerings we thank you father for what you have done for us this church not only pays the bills for the staff But in the community, events that we sponsor, to the mission field, we thank you, Lord, and we ask your blessing upon these gifts and tithes.
2: with me and just ask him to come in to your situation where you're at ask him to close your mind down you're not thinking of all the busy things of the week what's coming just get to sit there and soak it up a little bit. ship of him in our lives. Do you ever see evidence or footprints? Remember that that uh, palm Footprints in the Sand? And that during our hardest times, he was carrying us. But you can see his footprints there. Do you have footprints? Do you have evidence of him? There you go. Evidence all over the place, right? It's pretty awesome when we just take the time to breathe him in. Just sit there and go, man, Lord, show me. Show me where I don't see you. Because I know you're here. Your Lord says you will never leave me or forsake me. And this is a rough path. Or maybe it's just a really good time, and I'm kind of thinking I can do it on my own. Have you ever been there? where you thought, I got this. I can do this. And that's when I really pray. Lord, show me that you're the one that's got this. It's not me. I can't do anything without you. But he does show himself. And he's a gentleman, so he's not always loud about it. Sometimes we have to just be quiet and listen for him. And those are the times that when I'm quiet, I soak him in. That's when I look and I go, oh, wow. Wow, Lord. I don't take that word awesome as an everyday vocabulary word for me. I used to kind of say it a lot, but now when I think of the word awesome, the only one that can define that anything close is Jesus. So this song just speaks to that and how awesome his presence is in our life. So we're going to teach it to you this morning.
4: throughout my history, your faithfulness has walked beside me, the winter storms made way for spring, and every season from where
3: I'm standing. Promises in fulfillment
2: more time together.
4: I see the evidence of your goodness all over me.
2: Pastor Jim, he's getting ready to bring us your precious word. Lord, anoint him and surround this place with your protection, and let us just soak you up more. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen.
5: Always delight in worship in this church. We have a great ministry, don't we? It, if you're not getting the blessing, it's maybe not their fault. Sometimes, <laughs> it's going to take me a minute to get a feel for who you are. so I'm just kind of filling in to find out you know what's going on. Uh, I've got a subject today that's kind of different. It's about sheep. The Bible talks about sheep and gives a lot of guidance. The uh, number of sheep in the world is over one billion. Most of them are simply raised to feed people, and China has places where they have a hundred thousand lambs grow, uh, living in one building, and they have you know millions and millions of them. Most of the sheep are raised for food, a very small number are raised for wool, and there are two countries where raising sheep is serious business. One is in Spain. If you want to raise sheep in Spain, you have to get a graduate course in raising sheep. And you have to learn everything about them. And then when you finally graduate, they call it pastor. You become a pastor. And it's because they care for the sheep, and they raise them and have very big guidelines for them. They're actually having a little bit of a problem right now because the sheep have lived on open range, and they've gone through the towns whenever they wanted to. and The people are kind of getting tired of the sheep in their, house, in their streets all the time, so they're trying to resolve that. Because uh, things are changing so much. Uh, The other one is areas of Australia and New Zealand where they raise sheep and they too are in open range and the shepherds have to take them where they go. Most of the rest of the world has fences and all those things but the Bible at its time when it was written the sheep were almost all in open ranges and had shepherds. And there there are two passages in the Bible that are very sheep-centered. The first one is the 23rd Psalm which we read together. And this Psalm presents David writing about himself as though he is a sheep. That he says, uh, the Lord is my shepherd. He has a shepherd and I'm the sheep. And he begins describing what it's like. And he has some pretty profound insights that he gives. The, he points out that as a sheep, I lack nothing. Now, I hate to say it, but sheep mostly are dumb. They don't realize that you can go find food. They eat whatever lands in front of them. And if a shepherd takes them to a good place, a green pasture, that's great. But they eat wherever they land. The other thing is that they do not like water that's moving. So the shepherd has to find water for them that is just still. And sometimes they have to build rocks up around a stream so that the water will kind of move in. And they will not drink if it's moving. They will die of thirst before they will. That's sheep. So David, as he's writing, he says, as a shepherd, as a sheep, I lack nothing because I have green pastures, and I have quiet waters, but then he transfers it to a human being, and he says, "He refreshes my soul. This action of God in our lives is a is a time when we find refreshment for our life, and how often we need it today, how many times we do, and the sh- the shepherd." Our shepherd provides us ways to restore our souls. And he also says he guides me along right paths. Well, sheep don't know right paths. They have to be shown. And God has to help us sometimes to figure out what the right path is. And then he talks about death. He says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I won't be afraid why because the shepherd is with me he is there to help me and what a message that is for us that when we face the most dark times the shepherd Jesus is there with us he goes on and says your rod and staff they comfort me now you know a rod what that's for it's a prod the sheep, uh, make them go the right way. And the staff, of course, is the rescue thing to catch them. Sheep, if they get strayed a little bit, cannot figure out how to go back. They get lost. And they get lost many, many times. Jesus, talking about the sheep, said, shepherd, goes and finds one of the 99 that's lost, because he knows exactly what happened. When we were walking around, hunting for food and water, one of the sheep got absent-minded and went off somewhere else. The sheep went on, and they didn't know where they were and what they do. They just sat there and kind of bellered and said, we're lost, and waited for the shepherd. Uh, is there so much description about us? But he goes on and says uh, those things make me comfortable because they say that the shepherd is taking care of me. And then he says you prepare to table before me in the presence of my enemies. That's quite a deal. Now I know no shepherd goes out and makes a table in front of enemies but he does it for us. He gives us a life that in the middle of it all, no matter what's going on, he will be there making our life better. And then we go on and he says, my, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Whenever I read this verse, I think of my childhood Because I was raised in a military home, by the way, we had it the right way, the wrong way, and Pop's way, and that's how we lived. And he would decide what was going to happen. Well, I didn't too often see my my Pop early in the morning because uh, he was gone a lot, and and I was just my world was different. But whenever I would see him early in the morning, if I happened to get there, he did the same thing every morning. My mom would fix a pot of coffee, and then he would get up and come in, and he had this cup he had there, and he'd get it, the coffee and pour it in the cup. But the strange thing was, he let that coffee just fill that cup, and then let it run all over That into that saucer, just like that. And he'd take the pot and put it back. Then he'd move the cup. And he would take a piece of sugar, a cube, put it between his teeth. And he'd pick that saucer up and drink it. And then he would say almost every morning, that's my best cup of coffee for the day. He lived that way. It it was every morning for him. His cup overflowed. And he found it a celebration. Uh, So uh, somewhere along here, somebody else was doing the same thing to write something like this. But uh, then he concludes, goodness, love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When David wrote this psalm, I'm imagining here, this is not preaching for exactly because it is a bit of, of unauthorized observations. But I, I feel here that David didn't write this thing when he was 12 years old or 14. He wrote it many years later because it has a depth to it. It has something about it that I have lived this stuff. It's not just an idea in my head. And I have in my mind that when he was king of Israel and he had his beautiful home and he, a lot of this past was over his wars and battles and troubles. Most of them had kind of faded. He was deciding he wanted to write something like this. And he began thinking of the shepherd role and of the sheep. And in my mind, when he was about 12 years old, his dad, Jesse, said, you are in charge of the sheep. You're the shepherd now. You take care of them." And he got out into that wilderness. It's a kind of a dry area where... They lived green some of the year, but a lot of it not. And he thought back to those days, and he thought of one day when he was watching those sheep and a lion came, and he was telling King Saul earlier uh, in the history that when that lion came, it went to get a lamb, and David saw it. And he took his stone and, boom, knocked it down and went over and got that lamb. And being a, a young boy, uh, he, he kind of loved the, the sheep, and he brought it around him. And I, I don't know why I got this in my head, but I think he maybe took it home with him, that sheep. And can't you hear him walking in, and Mom says, How was your day, David? What have you got? He said, It's lamb. You know we don't bring animals in the house. But Mom, he's hurt, and he's been traumatized. And I want to sleep with him tonight. Okay? Okay. Okay. And night one went to night two and night three. And pretty soon that lamb did everything David did. Can't you almost hear him having this experience, thinking about, I got that lamb, I saved him in time of trouble, and I brought him into my house, like I will do someday with God. With well, any thought of another... Hard as he was writing this, he thought about. Uh, I remember another time when I was about fourteen. My Jesse, my dad said, "Your brothers are having a, fighting the Philistines. You need to take them food." He said, "Oh, dad, those guys make my older brothers make fun of me all the time. They think I'm uh, not." Very brave or anything. He said, I don't care, just go. So he went there and he got there and he brought the food and of course the brothers began yelling at them and him and saying, oh, a cute little brother has come. You've come to bring us food and you better get back home to your sheep and take care of those things. And he probably got a little ticked off. So he went to talk to to the brothers and said, what are you doing? They said, it's none of your business. Well, he said, I'm going to go find out. And, And they said, now don't nose around and make trouble for us. He went and he heard this big noise. And it was this giant Goliath making fun of his brothers, no less. And he said, why are you putting up with this? And they said, hey, kid, don't you know a giant when you see one? And he says, that's no problem. And they said, would you just go home? He said, no, I can help you. Brothers didn't like that. But he went to King Saul, and King Saul thought, what's a loss of a 14-year-old? Let's take a chance. So he says, here's the armor. He, and David said, I don't use armor. He said, how are you going to do this? And he said, God's giving me a plan. So he went there. And the story, remember how he had his rock going around in it, and it knocked Goliath down. Didn't kill him, knocked him down, and David ran up there and reached and gotten his sword, a big one, and pulled it out and cut his head off. And then he thought he would look at the spear and he picked went to pick the spear up. He couldn't even lift it. The spear, which we have found, people have found some copies of it and maybe some of the, the things weighed 80 pounds, and this 14-year-old boy trying to pick up a spear and throw it. Well, as he was sitting in his throne room, years and years later, he thought, that was crazy of me. Goliath could have killed me fast. I just got faster. And he thought about the lion. He thought, that wasn't smart. For that lamb I I risked my life. And he read then he wrote this song. And the part of it that intrigued me so much is where he says, My cup overflows. Because he was thinking this Dumb little 12-year-old trusted God, and God gave him a huge, huge victory. And then he thought, as a 14-year-old, I was equally dumb and kind of vain. And instead of Goliath sending that spear through me, I was able to conquer him. He thought, oh, wow. He thought that little lamb that got caught and said, I worked with him and got him safely back. And like God has done with me. And I brought him into my house. And he stayed a long time. And I will go into God's house and live the rest of my life. Eternity. I'd like for us now to look at another scripture. This one is in John ten, seven through 10. Could you read it with me? Therefore Jesus said again, Verily, truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep, have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. There are three things that Jesus says here. The first one, that you, my sheep, you, my believers, those that follow me, have enemies out there. You have people who hate me so much they transfer it to you. There are people out there who are devious. They take advantage of you. They're dangerous people. It's dangerous out there for the Christian. It's dangerous for you who follow me. It is not... an easy road to go, that there be times when you will have difficulty, great difficulty. But the second thing he said was, I am the gate, and I am the shepherd. And in an earlier place, he says, I know your name, and I'm teaching you to hear my voice and to hear me and know who I am so that you are not fooled by someone leading you astray or someone who pretends to be uh, a friend and they're really an enemy. You need to hear my voice, and I will teach you my voice. I will teach you how to hear it, and I will teach you how to follow. And then the third thing he said is, I have come to give you life and he does that we who believe in him but adds this little extra part he said that i have come to give you full life as full as it can be and one of the things that so many christians don't do is learn to live at this life of abundance. You see, David said that his cup runs over. And I'd like to have you put that on. Okay. My cup overflows. That's what he said. And what Jesus says, I will give you life to the full. They're both the same thing. They both reveal the same truth, that God has a way for us that will grow with his presence. I was thinking as I was working my way through this, what would make my life full? What would make it really its greatest? I don't think a new car, I've had a new car, and you know what happens? You get it off, and you open or turn your television on, and the one you bought is now replaced. And I think, I did that yesterday. How'd that happen? You build a house, and you live in it a while, and suddenly you discover, oh, it's got to be painted again you got to do all these things to it. It's not making my life real full. And everything that kind of becomes a dream for people, it doesn't work. I remember my older son discovered that there was a cereal that if you ate it, you would have great energy. So he took his money and went and bought a box of it and came home and ate the whole box. And I went into his bedroom and he was laying on the bed, and I said, Jamie, what's wrong? He said it didn't work. See, there's all these things that we look at that they don't do it. And I'm thinking, what is Jesus saying here when he says, the fullness. What was David saying when he says overflowing? What are those things? And slowly, slowly my mind began to catch on. What is the greatest thing that Jesus can give us? It's himself. Right? Isn't it better to have someone that knows how to do something than to be given something? Isn't it better to walk along with Jesus who adds to your life? Now there's a little bit more to this than just this bit. There has to be a way that we can begin living with Jesus more and more in our lives. That's really where I'm at. It's to say, I challenge you To begin bringing Jesus into your life more today than you did yesterday. Maybe you want to start at the very beginning where you begin praying, thanking Jesus for food. You could actually have three prayers in one day if you just start to do that and then you could decide I'm going to begin with prayer in the morning Tell God, Jesus, good morning. Just that. And good evening. You see, you're beginning to just build some systems with him. And then you begin adding some other things. You learn to thank him for what he's given you. For your family. And you begin adding day by day just little prayers. Little acknowledgments of him. Uh, sometimes we get the idea we got to get our Bible and read 47 chapters and pray for two hours. That's not how it works. We discover Jesus just a little at a time. He's there to help us here. He's to help us there. And you know what begins to happen? You begin to bring him in more and more of everything you do. That's what this overflowing is all about. It's getting to the place where no matter what you do, there's Jesus. No matter where you're going, Jesus is with you. No matter what your troubles are, Jesus is there. And he becomes your friend. He becomes the one who makes your life full. There is no other way that you will know Jesus, have a full life except through Jesus. That's the way. So as I look at these two passages, one, a man thinking of himself as a sheep, wanting the shepherd in his life, and then one with the man, the shepherd, saying, I want to be with you and both of them saying if you really want to live you find a way to bring Jesus along with you every day everywhere you are. I challenge you today if you've been careless in this area if you've been slow of mind on it don't try to swallow the whole thing at once just begin doing these little things, thanking God for each day, for each thing that happens over and over. And suddenly you'll be aware that he's with you all the time and your life begins to take on a whole new dimension. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we trust you for our life. We thank you for your word, which brings common sense to everything we do. And if we pray that now, we may be aware that you are wanting to make our life richer by being with us. Teach us this lesson, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
3: Hee!
2: Going to ask our veterans to come forward.
5: Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before his face with exceeding great joy, unto him the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion dominion and power, both now and evermore. Amen and amen. God bless you. Go in peace. I'm